For Moneyball and Kevin, I'm Adam. Thanks for listening to Daily Sports Report on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's said Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe, that means I have Half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. And thank you to Arwolf and Ed Special for filling in for me for the last couple of weeks. It's good to be back. And here in the Ann Arbor-Ypsilanti area, we are lucky to have not one but two food co-ops. And tonight we're going to focus on the Ypsilanti Food Co-op, which has celebrated its 35th anniversary this year. Ypsilanti Food Co-op is at 312 North River Street in Ypsilanti. It's near the corner of River and Cross Streets. It's either in Depot Town or around the corner of Depot Town, depending on your persuasion. I think that's just an elementary matter. But I got to talk recently to Corinne Sikorsky, who is the general manager of the Ypsilanti Food Co-op, about this place and its impact on the community and about such things as, well, what they carry. Everything from pumpkin pies to wines to cleaning products and beyond and so on and so forth and so on. So we're going to talk a little bit about that right now. I had a word with Corinne Sikorsky at the Ypsilanti Food Co-op. Well, I became involved in 1975 as a volunteer and have been working at the store steadily since 1978, the manager since the early 80s, and um, here ever since. So it started out, uh, I guess, with humble origins, as so many things do, as basically a buying club. Is that right? Was it a buying club when you joined on? It was already a store when I started coming. So the buying club had been going on for a few years, functioning out of various basements and churches and getting their stuff together and deciding what they wanted and going to Eastern Market and various farmers and collecting food and then distributing it through at a church or somebody's house and eventually opened a storefront over on Sheridan up by the infamous Ypsilanti Water Tower um, and was there for about three years and moved up to another street near campus, Perrin Street. And that's where I became more involved as an employee. And the store was very small. And eventually we moved up here to Depot Town in 1984. And we've been here and expanding um, from one section to another. So we're at a point right now where we've taken over the whole lower um, section of the building and actually another space upstairs for our office where we just moved in the last few months. So what is the Ypsilanti Food Co-op all about? The, the co-op started as a way for people to get good food that wasn't available at the grocery store at that time. You couldn't get brown rice. You couldn't get whole grain flours um, very easily. You'd have to go to a health food store where the prices were even higher than they are today for those items um, because there was such a, a small quantity available, supply and demand, you know. So as people became more aware of that health, healthiness of that food, it became more um, important for people to get it, and they started 
Um, so the, the buying club kind of grew into that store where it becomes more convenient for people to shop. So y- you can go, you know that you're going to be able to go and get things as opposed to just trying to work together to get whatever you get. So it's kind of like the CSAs of today that are community-supported agriculture where people put their money into farms to help those farmers get started in their location, but they often get a hodgepodge of produce throughout the season and you get a basket full of really great organic food. But that's how the the buying clubs were, where you kind of put put your money together and then you got food back, not always knowing what you're going to get. So you might get a lot of eggplant one week and... uh, makes you very creative in figuring out what to do with eggplant. So over time, having storefronts is a much more convenient way for shoppers to be able to go get what they want for dinner that day. Over time, we just have grown and grown. As we were able to make more money, then we can invest in more equipment, which has led us to where we are, where we have been able to invest in having a larger space, which allows us to sell more product. Um, It allowed us to take over the previously called Depot Town Sourdough Bakery that was next door to us for almost, well, for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And we took that over five years ago. That has allowed us to create or bake great bread and lots of different sweets, granola. Um, We have our deli kitchen over there, so we're able to create more like soups, salads, sandwiches than we were when we were in our smaller space. We've got jars and jars of spices and seeds and stuff. And let's start with the letter C. C? Let's see what the letter C has. We have cacao nibs, Cajun seasoning, caraway seed, cardamom pods, cardamom seed, cayenne powder, 90,000 heat units. Don't touch that. Celery seed, trivial leaf, cut. Fiesta chili powder, chili powder, chili pepper flakes, ancho chili peppers, chipotle chili peppers, red chili peppers, acia chili peppers, chives, red bell peppers, Hmm. Cilantro leaf, cinnamon chips, cinnamon powder, cinnamon sticks, cloves, cloves powder, cocoa powder, coriander seed, cumin, 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 cumin seed, you know what I'm saying, and three jars of that, curry powder, and moochie curry, and lemon curry powder, and this has been brought to you by the letter C. Hi there, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. That was my evil twin. He has a thing for things with 90,000 heat units. Don't touch that, I said. He said that too. But this is WCBN, Pandora's Lunchbox, and we're visiting the Ypsilanti Food Co-op, which is celebrating its 35th year. We're talking to Corinne Sikorsky, the general manager, and I talked to her just a little bit more after I went over by the jars there and um, was amazed by the things that started with C. Corinne starts with C. Anyway... Being a smaller store and being a co-op, we really try to work with our customers on a more one-on-one level. doesn't mean we're always able to attend everything they need all the time, but we really attempt to help them get what they're interested in getting and um, knowing how to use what they get. So if we have quinoa and they read it in a magazine and they want to know how to cook it, we have staff that's available to be able to help them most of the time. And then I I guess another favorite part of mine in working at the co-op is um, I was a young college student at one time many years ago, and um, 
out to change the world and and figuring out what I what I could do to make a difference and I think the main thing that I feel that has made a difference is not only this store being able to be here in our community but having this place where people can come to work in an environment that's different and is making a difference and then serving all the customers that come in to to have that opportunity to have this in their community talk about some ways that the co-op makes a difference in in the community and in people's lives we all want things that are sustainable and green and i think the co-op really is those things it doesn't hasn't gone out with some marketing plan okay what can we do to make ourselves green and sustainable because everybody wants you to be that way now mm-hmm. it's just it's the fashion right now okay. it is and we've just always been that and because we wanted to i mean that was our intention but we didn't it wasn't green wasn't a, a term yet it was a color uh-huh. and sustainable wasn't really a, a term being used in that way so um some of the things that we've always done are recycling and reusing um allowing customers to bring their own bags and containers for bulk and having lots of ba- bulk options so that it cuts out the packaging and then if there is packaging involved helping recycle it we helped get the Ypsilanti recycling program started back in the early 80s, um, mostly because there were a few staff that were interested in it and um, worked with the city government to push for it. So uh, the co-op actually helped start the city's recycling system. Yes, Um, especially a few of the people involved in the co-op at the time. It wasn't necessarily a co-op directed, but it was the interest of the employees that were working there that wanted to see recycling happen happen in the community. Uh, The city wasn't really favorable toward it. Oh, that's never going to work, and you can't do that in Ypsilanti. (laughs) But we did it, and lots and lots and lots of volunteer effort went into that, and we ran the, the program on the weekends with lots of volunteers coming in and helping sort and, you know, got it going to a point where eventually the city took it over and so today it, it functions through the city, and I don't think there's any volunteers really, but there still is recycling. Okay, we've got the following breads on display, baked by the River Street Bakery just next to the Ipsy Food Co-op. We've got ciabatta bread, roasted potato and garlic loaf, whole wheat sourdough, focaccia, focaccia parmigiana, rustic farm bread, three seed sourdough, uh, original sourdough, looks lovely, Michigan spelt, a baguette, and what's this hot spelt stuffing mix for stuffing things like turkeys and such. This has been brought to you by the letter spelt. hated to break it to my evil twin, but spelt is not a letter. It's a state of mind. By the way, we're listening to some music by Khaki King from the album Everybody Loves You. This is called Cupie Station. And we're talking to Corinne Sikorsky of the Ypsilanti Food Co-op, the general manager. Ypsilanti Food Co-op is located just around the corner from Depot Town at 312 North River Street in Ypsilanti, and it's celebrating its 35th anniversary this year. And we talked also about how an issue with what food's on the shelf and maybe having a little bit of difficulty getting a certain item of food on the shelf can lead to a creative solution, which can be a challenge, but can make a difference. Beehives. Beehives. 
It was an idea that I had that we were having trouble getting bulk honey from local suppliers, that over the years the various issues that have caused um, honeybees to die out, honey, the colony collapse and uh, mites and whatever's going on causing there to be problems with hives have caused some of the honey producers to go out of business or just decide it wasn't worth it and also to have less honey even from the producers that are still out there. And there aren't a lot that we knew of in our close area. So most of the bulk honey we were getting and still are getting is from Kalamazoo area, which is Michigan and in some ways local, but people like to have really local honey to get the bee pollen that is in it to help people counteract their allergies. So I thought that a lot of co-ops around the country have been working with farm projects and helping farmers with hoop houses or buy property to farm. And so I thought that that would be a fun project for our co-op because it was smaller than buying a whole farm. (laughs) And if if Solani recently had passed an ordinance and gone through actually a whole process of deciding whether they could have beehives in the city, and it was determined that they, people could have two hives on a property. So we sponsored five hives um, to be started. Two of them are here at the co-op in Honeybee Alley. Uh, two were set up over at Growing Hope, which is a, another local community um, organization. And then one of them is at the St. Joe um, Farm out at St. Joe Hospital. And... So they have gardens that need pollinating, and so it seemed like great places to put more beehives. Um, and then volunteers have um, volunteered this whole year through the summer in learning. And then, well, they're helping us do the tending to the bees and the hives throughout the summer. They're learning how to do it. So it was a really great project, and in many ways, um, unfortunately, we lost some of the the hives and or the bees, and so the hives have been um, they're growing hope. We've cut it down to one hive, and we'll see, have to see come summer, next spring, next year, what we're going to do. Okay. Um, so it was harder than we thought it would be this first year. Um, we didn't actually produce any honey to keep or sell. Um, we're returning all that honey back to the bees for their own food because they do have to be maintained through the winter with um, extra food because they're not able to produce in the winter. But it's a project that's going to go on, and we'll see what we can do in the future with um, making it work to produce honey that we can use. Um, Another big part of it, though, has been to help other people learn how to do it. Since we can only have two at the co-op, we could not produce enough honey to sell for the amount of what we go through every month. So having more local folks in the community that are producing honey would be a great activity to have happening, but we'll see how many of those graduates of our program decide to go on and become beekeepers. Hey there, it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thank you so much to General Manager Corinne Sikorsky of the Ypsilanti Food Co-op for talking about the co-op celebrating its 35th anniversary this year. By the way, if you're heading towards Ypsilanti and heading towards the Ypsilanti Co-op, they're going to be showing a movie in 15 minutes at 7 o'clock 
a movie called The Power of Community, How Cuba Survived Peak Oil. That's at 7 o'clock this evening on that screen over there by the two kinds of soup and the and the jars of things that start with C and the coffee, which also starts with C, I might add, and calendars, which start with C. Whoa. It's cantastic. No, I'll stop there. But you know something? Honey, honeybees, it's a good thing, but it's not always good for everybody. Here's here's a little bit of homegrown advice from Detroit, from former city council member Martha Reeves and her honey child. You're shipless and you're lazy, just like that hound dog Daisy. When grandma raised me, honey child, when granny got too old to scorn me, dear old auntie warned me, you sure was no good for me, honey child, but your kiss is sweeter than the cake that grandma used to bake, all them sweet little things about you, sure now, take the cake, you ain't gonna amount to nothing, but you ain't Thank you, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas and Honey Child. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. That's C-H-I-L-E. And coming up at 7, our will help us to face the music. In the meantime, we've got some problems with Honey in the studio there. It's it's all over. It's getting all sticky. But in the meantime, here's something from the Associated Press. 
regarding beekeepers and such. New York City beekeeper Cerise Mayo was puzzled when her bees started showing up with mysterious red coloring. Their honey also turned as red as cough syrup. She tells the New York Times a friend joked that the bees were imbibing in the runoff at Dell's Maraschino Cherries Company in the Red Hook section of Brooklyn. Mayo, whose first name means cherry in French, hmm, starts with C, doesn't it? Raises bees in that neighborhood and across the water on Governor's Island. Tests confirmed that the bees, in fact, were riddled with red dye number 40, the same food coloring that fa- that's found in cherry juice. Bee expert Andrew Coate tells the newspaper that bees have been creating a nuisance at the factory. The solution, put up screens or provide a closer source of sweet nectar. Just goes to show you when you pour maraschino cherry juice on everything, it just goes to show you I don't know where I'm going with this. Now, here, here's some. First, I want to say, congr- uh, I want to say, <laughs> I want to say things. Um, happy Hanukkah, everybody. Hanukkah commemorates the rededication of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem in 164 BC. According to tradition, a candelabra was lit with only enough oil for one day, but it miraculously burned for eight days. So, happy Hanukkah for all you folks out there. Also, something going on this Saturday. The Ann Arbor Free School, that's S-K-O-O-L, presents DIY Fest this Saturday starting at 2 p.m. It's going to be at Luther Co-op in, different kind of co-op, Luther Co-op in Ann Arbor at 1520 Hill Street. It's starting Saturday at 2 p.m. and ending at question mark. That must be question mark o'clock, so set your calendars. At the DIY Fest this Saturday, there will be workshops and demonstrations of bike winterizing, soap making, the Afro-Brazilian art of the Afro-Brazilian art form of capoeira, lucid dreaming, massage, knitting, spontaneity, hearty soups, tai chi, bookmaking, and many more workshops. There will be live music from people like the Appleseed Collective, a group called Honey. What's going on here? Uh, Scissors Now and Scissors Now. There will also be a live shadow puppet show by Patrick Elkins. This is all at the Ann Arbor Free School. No, this is all by the Ann Arbor Free School at Luther Co-op in Ann Arbor. It's the DIY Fest this Saturday. Now, speaking of Ypsilanti, which we were a moment ago with the Ypsilanti Food Co-op, some Ypsilanti news of changing businesses. The Savoy in Ypsilanti has closed its doors... Savoy? Savoy? Savoy Travel? It wasn't that long ago that it opened, though. The manager, Andy Garris, had left the elbow room to start it, but apparently the the owner of the Savoy wasn't paying the electrical bills. So Andy Garris has opened a new place in Depot Town called Woodruff's. If you're a current or former Ypsilantianite like me, Ypsilantamunanite, you know what that's about. That's right, before Ypsilanti was Ypsilanti, it was a settlement called Woodruff's Grove. So now this new place is called Woodruff's. It's where the old Katie's used to be, and it's got a stage built, and there's going to be a show tomorrow at this new place that just came into existence like a newborn baby. Charlie Slick, the Johnny Ill Band, and Bad Indians will play at Woodruff's in Depot Town, Ypsilanti, tomorrow night, with doors opening at 8 and music starting at 10. And the website for the new place is woodruffsbar.com. Now we've been talking about fresh food today, green initiatives and such, and here's a little bit of uh, encouragement for those of you who are having a little bit of trouble finding the right ingredients. Little Ed and the Blues Imperials are playing at the Ark tonight, and Little Ed has a problem with, uh, well, this happens to all of us, especially in this cold time of year. 
He's got icicles in his meatloaf. Listening to some little Ed and the Blues Imperials there with Icicles in My Meatloaf. Of course. Stands to reason. Icicles in My Meatloaf from his album Rattle Shake. That's L-I apostrophe L Ed and the Blues Imperials. They're playing at the Ark tonight at 8 o'clock. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. We're winding down so we can be wound up by Arwolf in just a few minutes. It's going to help us face the music in a few. This is important news from the AP about a possibly apocalyptics, apocalyptics event that, that involves corn. Yeah. Ohio silo collapses, unleashing sea of corn from the AP, the Associated Press. An Ohio fire chief says a metal grain silo in Norwalk, Iowa. <laughs> I think my lips are collapsing. The metal grain silo collapsed into a sea of corn up to 12 feet deep, that pushed a nearby home off its foundation. Chief Doug Coletta in Norwalk says no one was hurt in the collapse that spilled more than 100,000 bushels of corn. He says corn that flowed like water knocked over a fire hydrant and created a one-block mess in the community about 50 miles southwest of Cleveland. Neighbors described hearing an explosion, but Coletta says what they likely heard was the sound of the bin breaking apart and unleashing a sea of corn. And uh, speaking of weapons, a New Mexico clerk has foiled a robbery recently with a package of pastries. This is from Deming, New Mexico. Police say a clerk foiled a robbery when she hit the culprit on the back of the head with a package of empanadas. 
Ouch. Police say the masked man... Who is that masked man? The masked man didn't say a word when he grabbed the cash register at Amigos Mexican Food and tried to flee. Deming Police Captain Branton Gigante says the man dropped the register when the clerk threw the pastries and hit him. Orkiz, this the uh, Barbara Orkiz is the co-owner, says the man was covering his head as he ran away and wouldn't you with empanadas flying towards you. Empanadas, by the way, can be a Spanish or Portuguese stuffed bread or pastry containing many things like meat or vegetables. And in Spain, empanadas are usually large and circular. And in Portugal, oh, they're cut into small portions, you see. In Portugal, in South America, empanadas are normally small and semicircular. And there you go. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Thank you for tuning in. And listen now for Arwolf. He will help you to face the music. Let's get you into that with a little bit of more honey and a little bit of more children and a, one single honey child. What I'm saying is uh, Fats Domino. Yes, this is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. You were never with wonderful charm But I love to hold you in my own Only you can feel me like you do So hold that kiss for a long, long while You know I love you, honey child I love to hear you whisper low You know you really thrill me so Only you can thrill me like you do So please don't put me on that ship You know I cannot help myself I am happy as a baby boy You ain't nothing but a bundle of joy Only you can thrill me like you do Bend your legs and pigeon toes you know I love you, goodness knows. Kiss for a long, long while. You know I love you, honey child. I am happy as a baby boy. You ain't nothing but a bundle of joy. Only you can feel me like you do. Bend your legs and pigeon toes. You know I love you, goodness knows. It sounded exactly like the end of the record. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 millimeters. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement. It's experimental, experiential radio. It's run by students with lots of community involvement. Thank you, Mike Perini. Thanks for playing Fats Domino as opposed to Chubby Checker, although I guess anything is possible, right, in radio. I'd like to begin tonight's Face the Music with some recordings made in 1926 by a group known as the Broadway Bellhops. This was essentially Sam Lannan's dance band with people like Red Nichols, Smith Mole, and Joe Tarto, Titan of the Tuba. Who else was in here? Uh, there was one other that name that's... Oh, Big Spiderback shows up in this collection, too. 
This is a brand new reissue. It's, uh, or I should say, a brand new reissue compilation. Nobody, to my knowledge, has ever come out with an entire CD of the Broadway bellhops. And this is all there, uh, a good selection of their recordings from 1926 to 1928, put out by Vintage Music Productions. It's not often that I bring in a brand.